Thank you for listening to the Belong Art Community podcast brought to you by Belong Art Community residents and funded by the Regional Arts and Culture Council. On this podcast, you'll hear stories about and by the residents of Belong Art Community, a unique place for individuals living with developmental disabilities and for artists and for those who fit both descriptions. First up, David Hutzler. This is Stephen Hutzler, and I would like to talk about three international exotic gardens I visited, which are not found in Portland. First is Kew Gardens, located in London, which I visited in September 2010. It was founded in 1759 by Princess Augusta, the mother of King George III. It was a nine-acre botanic garden then, now it's 300 acres. In 1772, Francis Mason, a plant collector, went to South Africa and came back with thousands of plants. Hugh is accessible by public transit. My parents and I took the tube, what people call the London subway system, to get there. I've learned that Hugh has one of the most diverse collections of living plants of any botanic garden in the world. One tree planted in the garden in 1762, a ginkgo biloba, or a maidenhair tree, is still alive and healthy at age 261, but it's a baby for its species. The oldest recorded maidenhair tree is 3,500 years old. I enjoy that there are two ginkgos, a male and a female on the street near my apartment building. Their leaves turn up beautiful lemon yellow in the fall. I love the whole garden, but I'd like to share three of my favorite parts. Of course, the orchid house is one. They have many varieties of orchids, not just Phalaenopsis like I cultivate. Hugh nurtures tropical, subtropical, and temperate orchids many of which are endangered in their natural settings. One of the unique features of Kew is its Victorian glass house, finished in 1863. It's the largest Victorian glass house in the world. There's a Victorian glass house in the city I was born, Phipps Conservatory, which opened in 1893. I visited numerous times. I had fun visiting the Water Lily House, which was built in 1852. I never imagined that lily pads could grow to be that huge. These giant Amazon water lilies have pads that are about 10 feet across. Next, let's travel to the Netherlands, where I visited Kukanoff Garden in May of 2015 when I traveled to that country with my blues ensemble, UVMA. Kuganoff means kitchen garden, referring to the fact that it provided fruit, vegetables, and game like deer for residents of a manor house built there in 1691. 
The current park was established in 1949 by a group of bulb growers and flower exporters to show their prize. In its first year, it received 200,000 visitors. The garden currently covers 79 acres. Bring your walking shoes. And about 7 million bulbs are planted every fall by 40 gardeners, all donated to the park by over 100 growers. I love seeing the many, I love seeing the many varieties of spring flowering bulbs, including crocus, daffodils, narcissus, and tulips. The tulips come in many colors, red, white, orange, yellow, pinks, and purples, and in various shapes and sizes, including parrot, peony, lily-flowered, and fringe. One special part of Kuganov is the sensory garden, which is comprised of plants and flowers that appeal to one or more of the five senses. It helps people who have limited or no vision, like my friend Nick, the main keyboard player for UVMA. He especially enjoyed the fragrant, fragrant hyacinths and narcissus that are planted in nose-type boxes. Visitors are also encouraged to touch and smell various plants. I want to come back to Hawaii now. Over the years, I've visited many botanic plants on Kauai, the Garden Island, Hawaii, the Big Island, Oahu, and Maui. Today, I want to focus on one small but very special place on Maui called the Sacred Garden. It's located on the, the lower slopes of Haleakala, the extinct volcanoes that helped to create Maui. Haleakala means House of the Sun. The Sacred Garden is a 10,000-square-foot greenhouse full of ornamental, tropical plants, water gardens, palms, succulents, and orchids. It has two labyrinths, one indoor and the other outdoor, surrounded by tropical trees. Labyrinths are, peace, are paths of peace and prayer that you can walk. I have walked both. There are also statues of various spiritual figures, including Buddha and various goddesses, like Torah and Kuan Yin, the goddesses of compassion, and Gaia, Mother Earth. Wind chimes ring in the breeze, and there are many comfy places to rest and contemplate. My most recent visit to the Sacred Garden was just before Thanksgiving, and it was the perfect place to get into the spirit of giving thanks for our beautiful Earth with all its natural and human-created gardens. Thank you, David. Next, we'll hear the fourth episode in a series of original stories from Belong resident Landon Wyndham. Once a villain, always a villain? Can a man become good when the whole world wants him to be bad? Find out right now on tonight's episode of Unnecessary Evil. Hey. 
Hello, welcome to Pawn Game. How may I be a service? Susanna. The Susanna. What's that to you? The only headshots I autograph are shots to the head. Susanna, it's me. Dilbert. Maya, you've grown. I suppose you were bound to show up, huh? By the way, great show you pulled off the other day. Oh, oh yes. Really gets the blood moving again. Real, uh, wham-bammer. Well, it was well received, I'll give you that. Thank you. I mean, no. No thank you. I mean, I'm flattered, but more importantly, I'm ashamed. Please don't flatter me. Right, right. Look, are you here for your stuff or what? Hey, we're supposed to keep that on the down low, okay? I know that back in the day we had to be on the down low, but right here, right now, the cops literally pay me to help out villains. You're not going to get into trouble. You work with the cops? You going to turn me in or something? I just told you, you're not getting into trouble. No one gets into trouble anymore. Not if they have the right branding. Trust me, I know all about how the business works, but there are limits. What do you, what do you want, Dilbert? I want to stop going crazy. Can't help you there. It's just that what people expect from me is not what I expect them to expect. It's all unexpected. I say again, what do you want? I'm traumatized by my actions and their consequences, but now everyone's patting me on the back for it. I am highly susceptible to their influence, and my parole therapist, who is supposed to keep me on the straight and narrow, is like some kind of anti-therapist. I feel like I'm living in the Twilight Zone. Is the Twilight Zone still relevant? Not really. Uh, question for you. Was my dad your supplier or your shrink? He shrunk. Do you get it? Because you said... I, I understand the wordplay. I just don't understand anyone liking it. I don't like it. That's rather mean-spirited. I I'm sorry, but it seems to me like you, you had a good thing going for you, and you're doing nothing but complaining about it. Sorry. I thought you could help me. I'm... I'm leaving. Don't miss next month's thrilling conclusion of Unnecessary Evil. That was once again a lot of fun. Thank you, Landon. I can't wait to hear what happens on our final episodes airing next month. Next, we'll hear the final installment of a segment where Belong resident Grace Kowich cooks a meal with our special guest, Joshua Matat. Joshua is an executive chef, and today he'll tell us about the wonderful meal he and Grace prepared together. Take it away, Josh. Ingredients for this dish were lemon, garlic, rosemary, shallots, salmon, asparagus, Yukon gold potatoes, uh, whole salted butter, oh, paprika for the garnish, and that's it. Things that were kind of tricky, broiling the salmon to make sure that it was a caramel color on top of the potatoes so <clears throat> the garlic didn't burn and give it a bitter taste, and clarifying the butter, making sure that when we clarified all the milk solids were off, and so when we bloomed the, the flavors together, I wouldn't have too much of one and not enough of the other. We used a two-inch paring knife. We had a six-inch chef's knife. I had a eight-inch chef's knife. Uh, I used a zester. I used a microplane. And we used our rondeau, which is a so short-sided saute pan. And that's it. <clears throat> we started off with mincing our garlic and we didn't 
over mince it because we still wanted the natural oils in there. We don't want it to dissipate. And then we went there. We set it off to the side. We diced it. I minced our shallots up and we did a fine mince on that. From there, we clarified our butter. After we clarified our butter, we pulled off the milk solids. From there, we cut our rosemary. We pulled it off away from us, off the stem, diced it up in a nice fine dice. Then we chopped up our parsley for the garnish, minced that up. And then from there, we clar- after we clarified our butter, we took our lemon, we zested the lemon, diced the lemon zest up completely, and then added our, we sweated our garlic and our shallots into the clarified butter and added a little bit of the lemon zest to it as well. From there, we set that off to the side. We got our asparagus prepped and we got it blanched and set off to the side. From there, we went, we preheated our pan, we poured our butter in it, we added a little bit of the lemon zest, added a little bit of the shallots and the garlic, and a little bit of salt and pepper. I put it face down so we could sear the salmon. I left the skin on. From there, we put it into the oven for seven minutes. After seven minutes time, we pulled it out and we laced the tornado potatoes on top, cut evenly and to make it look like fish scales. The tornado potato is a small potato cut 10 sides even, and it looks like a little mini football. From there, we put it back into the oven for another four minutes until the edges of the potato started to turn a little brown. And then we added our asparagus to the reduced butter and lemon and garlic mixture that we had. When our asparagus was fully cooked, we put our salmon in the broiler and we broiled it for at least four minutes The once the potatoes were caramelized and golden brown, we pulled it out. I thought it turned out amazing. Um, I would definitely make this dish again. It went phenomenal for the first time ever making this dish. We didn't have any any whoopsies, and it tasted phenomenal. It had a nice, rich, buttery lemon garlic flavor. That that's what we were trying to achieve. We learned a lot together about how to put a dish together. What it was like working with Grace, it was fun. Uh, We had a lot of laughs. Uh, She asked a lot of questions about what the steps that we were doing. And so it was fun to to sit there and um, teach somebody so interested in food. Thanks for visiting, Josh. I got to taste that dish, and it was indeed amazing. You and Grace did a great job. That's the end of our podcast for this month. If you enjoyed what you heard, we'll be back next month with another all-new episode. And if you have interest in learning more or donating to Belong Art Community as a nonprofit, please go to www.belongartcommunity.org. This podcast was written and performed by David Hutzler, Landon Windham, and Grace Kowich. It was recorded and produced by Jason Rouse. 
Original music by the artists at Belong, featuring the guest voices of Ted Douglas and Derek Slayton. With special thanks to Liz DeClean. Chelsea Steffens is our executive producer. We'll see you next time.